This is Spotlight, WMFE's arts, culture, and entertainment segment. The Spotlight is on now. I'm telling you, Blake, filling in for Nicole Darden Creston. Christmas is just around the corner, and few things scream Christmas more than the Nutcracker. The Orlando Ballet is putting a fresh twist on the holiday classic. Artistic director Jordan Morris spent three years reimagining the Nutcracker, rebuilding it from scratch with new sets and expanded storylines. Morris says this new rendition is a needed update. Give us the scoop on this new version of the Nutcracker that will be premiering on December 8th. Well, it's a complete revisioning of the traditional Nutcracker. I've expanded some characters. I've made Clara a much more empowered character in the Nutcracker. She has a lot more dancing roles, particularly in the second act, where normally a Clara would sort of sit on the throne and just watch all the divertis moths. I've really tried to weave Clara and the Nutcracker Prince into the production a little bit more successfully and obviously a little bit more dance-wise as well. And then looking at at the sets that we designed, we went sort of in the direction of a lot of different sizes of snow globes. At one point, the, the entire theater is lit to be feeling like you're in a snow globe itself. And then there's other life-size snow globes on stage that the snowflakes appear from. And Drosselmeyer brings a very magical snow globe to the Stahlbaum family, which I won't give away too many secrets, but does some pretty magical things when the mice at the house at midnight. It sounds like you're, you know, putting your own little flavor. As you said, you're, you know, expanding characters. You're having the audience feel like they're in their own snow globe. The fact that The Nutcracker is a Christmas classic, why decide to do this show in this way? Well, I think there were there were many things that I felt could have been and should have been updated as, you know, this production has been around for decades and decades. I also thought that it could be a lot more entertaining and, and captivating for children and their imaginations. So I've incorporated a lot of puppetry into the show. There's little marionettes, there's larger animatronic puppets, and then there's some really big, huge puppets in the battle scene and also in Act 2 as well. So I've tried to add a lot of elements that I think children are really going to be entertained by and spark imagination in the young people as well as the old people. I just thought there was a lot, a lot more room for some really beautiful creative stuff, especially at this time of year, that would bode really well in this production. Talk to me about what the journey has been like to get this production going. You know, tell me about some of the highs and lows. I've been working on this for three years. So it's very much like creating a a movie in Hollywood. You know, you start talking with writers and designers, and then I built a storyboard of what we thought each scene would be. And then we flesh out those scenes. From the design phase, it goes into the build phase. And a lot of things that we wanted built were very challenging to build some of the larger puppets and some of the actual scenic elements them well because they're much larger than life it's been a challenge to get some of those fit and working in the theater so really like i said sort of like a movie where it starts with a lot of pre-production and then of course you get in the studio and you start choreographing with the dancers and then integrating that all brand new costumes, which of course 
each costume in the show has to be individually designed and then fit two or three times to the artist that's dancing that role. And then we find out with the costumes as well, you know, that costume looks fabulous, but it's very difficult to dance in, or it's very difficult to partner in and lift somebody. So there's all those sort of known unknowns and unknown knowns that that you sort of uncover. And uh, sometimes it can be quite challenging. And sometimes we are pleasantly surprised that some of our ideas actually did work. So it sounds like, you know, you kind of were navigating a little wobbly road as you find some things that don't work, but some things that do. Can you talk to me about, you know, how much it's cost to put all this on? Because it sounds like there has been some trial and error in some areas of it. Originally, we started out with a $3.5 million uh, production, and we expanded that to just at $3.6 million for this production. And when you look at that as an investment over 20 years, $3.6 million sounds like a big number going into December 8th, 2023. But if you look at $3.6 million over the next 20 years, the number is not that large. But contra to that, we have done our math and we expect that over a million people will see it in the next 20 years. So when you look at $3.6 million to provide a production of the caliber for over a million people, then it starts to become a much more acceptable risk on return and also a really wonderful gift that's going to last for generations. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's going to be a gift that will continuously keep on giving. So kind of bringing it back to the journey, the Orlando Ballet is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. As you've been preparing to put on the Nutcracker, what lessons are you taking with you from, you know, the past half century? What I really wanted to do, and that was part of, you know, premiering the new Nutcracker this season in the 50th anniversary season, is that it's been quite some time Orlando Ballet through its through its sort of maturity and the past 50 years has sort of the old version of Nutcracker were used sets that were bought from Hong Kong that were already used. There's, you know, sections and ideas from four different directors in the past production. So really the lessons learned are, and I've done a lot of big productions throughout my career, is to really cohesify and bring, you know, one team's creative version to mind, you always tend to get a, a much better, clearer product when it comes from a finite team as opposed to, you know, sort of that patchwork production and adding elements. There tends to be a residue that's left. And when you create something from the ground up that is brand new and exciting and sort of driven by the same creative mind, you tend to have a much clearer delivery of the product. And I think that I think that makes a big difference. Mm, it kind of sounds like that lesson of having too many cooks in the kitchen and the problems that could arise with that. Exactly. So there are a lot of people out there who may not think that the ballet is for them. Why should they see this show? I think a lot of people who, who have not seen ballet or maybe it's not their favorite performing arts type of jam are 
going to be pleasantly surprised at the beauty of the dance element, this incredibly timeless Christmas tale that's very festive for the holiday season, along with we were talking about the puppetry earlier and the new sets and designs as well. I've added elements of almost a Cirque du Soleil performance element to it, where in the second act, the desert princess dances inside a seer wheel. And then, you know, looking at some of the cultural aspects and the diversity and inclusiveness of what Tchaikovsky originally wanted to share with his music, I've taken a lot of the stereotypes away from the divertissement in second act and really created magical energies of those parts of the world. You know, what Tchaikovsky wrote as the Chinese dance, I have turned into a beautiful and the girl has feathers underneath her wings. And so we've taken a lot of the stereotypes out and really made it something that's accessible, beautiful, creative, colorful. And so it really combines a lot of the other performing arts sort of into one beautiful package of imagination. So Jordan, are there any big surprises, without giving away too much, any big surprises people can expect from this Nutcracker? Yes, I did my production of Peter Pan in 2006, and I started working with the Foy flying team out of Las Vegas. They do all the major flying and Broadway productions and uh, on movie sets, etc. I've been working with them for a long time, and I thought, what what could we do in Nutcracker that is completely magical and is going to surprise? I do have Clara flying in the battle scene, so she sort of gets an aerial view of the battle scene before she lands, and she does quite a bit of aerial choreography as well. And then in Act 2, we also have one of the baby Polchinellas who is late for their dance. I've also put them on a Foy system. And after Mother Goose and all the other children have left, this little goose rapidly flies across the stage to catch up with the rest of the party. So that's sort of another big theater element that I've added to it, which which takes more time and rehearsal. But I think it's definitely something that everybody finds magical in the theater is when people just magically start to fly across the stage. Absolutely. It's like seeing magic right in front of your eyes. Well, the Nutcracker sounds like it's going to be an amazing show, and I wish you all the best and good luck with the production and its premiere coming up on the 8th. Jordan Morris, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you for having me. That was Orlando Ballet Artistic Director Jordan Morris talking about the Nutcracker, which runs December 8th through the 24th at the Dr. Phillips Center. Spotlight is a production of 90.7 WMF E-News. Editorial guidance this week from LaToya Dennis. Support for Spotlight comes from our listeners. I'm Talia Blake, in for Nicole Darden-Creston. Thanks for listening.